Hello, everyone, and welcome to Modules by Enyata, a podcast where we try to explore the tech ecosystem one topic at a time. Today, we have Samson Godi. The name needs no introduction, the face, no introduction, just because we don't have like video camera here. That's why he is the founder of Oscar and also the lead convener of the community led event called Oscar Fest. And today, he'll be talking to us about open source and open source engagement. Welcome, Samson. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Before we start, I'd like you to give us like an introduction and not like your normal like Twitter spaces introduction, the proper introduction, your journey, and also a fun fact about you because I feel like a lot of people know you for what you do, but something else to just like add a little spice to who you are. Spice, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. All right, let me see what I can do. Um, so my name is Samson Gaudi. I would say I used to be a software engineer. I primarily was working on code most of the time. And then I noticed that I was kind of a pupil person. I mean, in the tech world anyways. <laughs> and so that made me started switching to something else called DevRel. Um, so I've done DevRel, mostly working with companies to enable them to figure out what it means to do community-led growth as you know, one of the, the go-to-market strategy. So I've been mostly focusing on that and then Prior to doing those things, like, you know, working with some other organizations, uh, GitHub, Google, and like other companies that basically, you know, figure out what community and open source is. Currently, I am the co-founder for the Open Source Community Africa, which is a organization that I uh, started with Adam Dukalium. Uh, most people know her very well. Uh, the founder of Shikud Africa. And then Oscar has been really amazing. And of course, uh, Oscar Fest, kind of our flagship events that we run. But at my day job, I do DevRel on the company called Chengard, just basically like making sure that developers push secure software. So like kind of like securing the entire software, software supply chain. So yeah. Fun fact, um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I'm a really crazy driver. Um, I'm into sport cars and all that stuff. So like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those are my personal boring life. So, so yeah. <laughs> okay, that's nice. I have a question before we get into the interview questions because again, I'm not really familiar with tech. I've been in tech for a long while. I'm that kind of person that within my space I explore beyond i don't get into like the intricacies of each niche and at first when i saw open source right there was like there's all conversation regarding open source i was trying to see if there was such a thing as an open source engineer and, you know i was like this this is weird because it feels like a very it's a very thriving niche but it doesn't necessarily have like a targeted role and that was when i got to understand that it's actually a community-led niche which is like something that fascinates me because again we have the normal tech communities and the rest of them but to think that there is a niche that offers like diverse roles is like very interesting so i want you to sort of go into explaining what open source is and please remember that i am not particularly versed in this thing so you know treat me as a lay person yeah uh so i think that that's a really uh, uh uh interesting conversation to be honest um so i think it depends on like how we look at it right so open source software is not new so open source software is basically everything we do 
as a software engineer, it's kind of in the core of like what you do, like your, like for example, JavaScript is open source, Python is open source, right? Um, everything we do, even the cloud, the operating system, you know, there's Linux, there's Android, those things are very core into open source. Um, but then the ones that, um, where the conversation is going these days is what the open source community is. So typically, um, we all know, especially if we're, if we're speaking from a geographical standpoint, right? Africa is kind of, you know, always, has always been on the receiving side of things, right? You know, things happen in Silicon Valley and then we just adopt, right? Um, but that has been changing because, of course, the, the, the push for technology and all that. But then the, the, in order for you to be a creator and to kind of define what computer science or programming or things that are in tech in general from the likes of like Tesla to internet to all the things we do, you know, you kind of need to go back to like, how do you even impact those software? For example, um, it could be the closest thing that's going to like an international airport and trying to use the sink and then the sink can't detect your skin because of course the people that designed those artificial intelligence were all non-black, right? So yeah. like, you know, that, that struggles. So that's kind of like what the culture is when it comes to open source. So again, the, the general term for just open source software is like, hey, an open way to make software, a place where people can contribute code. So what that means is that, you know, in every company, both big, small, medium or whatever, use at least 95% of open source code in some way because again, people just reuse code. But again, bringing it back to the community side, which is the most important part and things that I'm pushing. So the the open source community is yes like you said an ecosystem or a kind of a, a framework that enable people to contribute to the open source software but it has gotten beyond you know just like writing code it's more like okay um, are you a people person you know there's you know, roles like things like devrel events manager community managers social media community managers even tech lawyers like because again law is like really really big in open source because of things like in order for you to classify what open source is you know um you know you need to talk about things like open source license and of course like that yeah. you know brings in a lot of roles so in in kind of in a nutshell the simplest word i can use is the open source community or contributing to open source community is kind of like collaboration a standard collaboration that is defined by the people that want to do things right and then it basically just like defining so for us at oscar like what we're trying to do is like we just we want people to to see the value of you know bringing their skills because again in nigeria the average job age probably need you to have like five to ten years experience and the average mm. person in the country is under 25 years old right so how do they bring those skills and all those things so like you know with open source like people don't really care about like how old you are just the skills you push so i love the idea that people who get to experience a product can actively contribute to the development and growth of the product but it also begs the question like how exactly does that work first of all i know that as far as i have learned or researched i know that it is mainly a software engineer thing i don't think there's open source for design before we even go to that question why is open source an engineer thing why can't designers be open source and why can't you open source like things for other people in the ecosystem what's with the segregation yeah i mean so i mean that's 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 a that's a that's a fundamental problem um i think it sort of goes back to like what does it mean to be a designer? You know, your typical role these days is like, you know, the, the product designers, the UI, UX, whatever. Like, the thing is, if you look back, um, the oldest 
popular software right now that the designers use either if you're figma go figma people if you're the go adobe xd people it's nothing greater than 2016 or if you're crazy enough 2015 but coding has been there for years right python is over 20 years java is i'm sure close to 30 there are languages that have been there for ages right and open source as a as a as an ecosystem as a culture has been there for close to 30 years or more right so we're kind of in the sort of in the community side of open source we're kind of in the third decade of what it is to which is typically like sustaining open source so why are designers know this because again um when these things were defined the the, the title the focus of having someone that focuses on design wasn't a thing in the computer in the technology world until like you know um kind of like late 2010 even if you consider it but yeah obviously (laughs) it's changing there's open source design teams working i work with some cool folks and all that stuff. yeah you guys can come and do open source communications yeah i mean (laughs) we usually have like you know track on open source design so you hear amazing designers coming to talk about stuff one of my my one of my closest female friends is a designer that does a lot of open source stuff so yeah that's interesting so back to the process and the structure of open source walk me through the process and i know you've done open source of course for you to be able to i don't say lead but again (laughs) (laughs) but again for you to be able to establish yourself as a community leader you must have experimented with this first of all how do you choose what you are going to open source on and do you like send an application letter before they are like okay like what is there a verification process like okay you're not coming to spoil our code for us and do they give you like a blue room or a green room for you to do your thing when you are done we'll look at it or do you just enter into the entire infrastructure and then you start like tweaking stuff like how does it work yeah so it's a lot easier um contributing to open source is a lot easier if you're an engineer because of course um it, it's definitely baked into the the life cycle or the development cycle of a software engineer so if you're a software engineer working in a company right you're not just going to wake up in the morning and you're going to do git push or pushing code to your to production that's not that's crazy right so i'm sure like you know companies would rather want to use platforms like github gitlab or whatever they want to use so those platforms basically like create a structure right you know you first of all um the first thing is usually like you clone the repo to your local machine and then you play around the code when you're done you you commit on it with the message of like things you worked on and of course pushing it to github right or whatever platform that you use and then there's somebody else that is going to review that code and say okay maybe this code is going to fix this and also test the code What's the, what's the role of that person? Oh, um, so in the open source world, um, in an open source project, it's called a maintainer. But oh. in the company, it could be your CTO, it could be your, your engineering manager, it could be anyone that is, you know, uh, oh, okay. um, approving the pull request. So in an open source world, it's called a maintainer. And then the person pushing the code is called a contributor. Oh, okay. So I, I come to a platform mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want to open, I want to... Contrib- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so i also i also contribute to this uh-huh. like so the way i have seen it, especially with twitter the people who create like certain experiential i don't want to call them bots but mm-hmm. of course like mm-hmm. some of them are bots mm-hmm. to help you with certain things mm-hmm. right they are the ones that come up with the idea mm-hmm. Is there like a part where the company is like, 
okay, we need somebody to do this thing. So open source people, mm-hmm. we like this is for you. So if if the question is um, how do you decide how to open source something as an individual as a company, if that's the case, right? For companies, um, so. The bigger companies have structures, right? There's something called an open source program office in every company. So Apple does have one, like, you know, if you have, they have your OSPO, Google has OSPO, Twitter has OSPO, like a lot of companies do have OSPOs, even some startups. My ex-company that I worked with, I was kind of leading OSPO. So, so basically my job is working with engineers or the city or whatever. Say, hey, uh, you know, there's a lot of adoption on this. Maybe we need to open source this thing. Sometimes open sourcing a, um, a code or a project could have a business value for the company right um some companies use that as a go-to-market strategy we didn't pay the person yeah of course like people get paid like like i said like open source is integrated in the engineering world when you said people get paid yes. it's given very much like you know it's normal for people to get paid but yeah, there normal. are some times that people yes get... so the, the reason why i said it's the way I, I phrased it that way is because so you can get a full-time job that you work on open source stuff, right? You could be an engineer working on something, right? You could be, well, in non-engineering side, it becomes a conversation, right? Okay. It becomes like, what is the company looking for? Maybe they're hiring as a community manager or whatever. But working on open source with the company, you get paid, obviously. Like, um, Microsoft, you, like, have a lot of people working on open source full-time. Software engineers everywhere. Like, right? are they Microsoft employees? Yes, yes. Just... Like, so open source is a culture within everything in engineering, Okay. It's basically it's not something separate. So you can't say, oh, I'm an open source engineer. I mean, you can say an open source engineer if okay. An example is um, let me let me give an example. An example is um, let's say VS Code, right? So I know VS Code is not hundred percent open source, but let me just use VS Code as an example. So VS Code is a text editor that software engineers used to code, right? Now imagine Microsoft said, okay, we want to make VS Code because Microsoft owns VS Code. We want to make VS Code open source for any reason right they are going to bring their engineers internally and work with lawyers and their open source program office to open source that project now those engineers are still engineers right so just because you're working on open source doesn't mean that you're separate from your but they can't be contributors yeah they can be contributors like so they don't (laughs) but microsoft is not going to hire somebody to be an open source contributor oh they can it's co- yeah, it's very complicated, right? Like, so it's very complicated, right? <laughs> so it's a, so is open source not supposed to be a way for the people outside, like to look in and also contribute? Why are you hiring people to now mm-hmm. go into your company to come outside and mm-hmm. then look inside? And, yeah, like, it's, it's it's usually bandwidth. So like the example I said, right? So if you have like Microsoft has VS Code, yeah, they, 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 for some weird reason, they go to market strategies to open source it, right? They use the internal engineers to open source the project but then keep it in a way that both internal microsoft people can contribute to the code contributing doesn't necessarily mean that or you're contributing for free they could be paid contributors right software hire software engineers to contribute to it but also microsoft would open it for the public to also contribute to it because vs code is for the people right it's like kind of the i don't want to promote one party but it's like the power to the people kind of like slogan <laughs> right so it's like that kind of strategy where this is for you okay. so take it tweak it if you, if you don't like the color that you're seeing in vs code you're free to customize okay. it so open source is a department and of course departments have to run mm-hmm. integrated yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and a real world example of what opens like success of open source is android right when google bought 
android quote-unquote right from the people they were like oh this is an open source operating system because at that time on mobile computing was windows and also ios and ios is proprietary like you can't play with ios right but you can play with android but because of the open source nature of android you know samsung techno infinix and the rest can easily take it oh that's right oh my and god play with it. so that is what it is yeah i've always it, wondered why, why like everybody audience. has their own thing going yeah. on so that's it's because google still keep the operating system in a very basic open what's the nature. opposite of open source um <laughs> proprietary software Oh, okay. I thought you say close source. No, no. It's not close source. Okay, okay. That's interesting. Um, This is actually very eye-opening. I love it. So, again, because me, I'm on the side of the contributor Mm -hmm. and I feel they should all get paid. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. They get hired to be paid. (laughs) So, there are are a lot of ways they can get paid, right? So, um, I'm sure probably, you know... But here is the thing. Uh I'm not even... Getting paid for me, I'm not all about the money mm. and the you know the reimbursement. But mm. in terms of value, mm. how do you like? What exactly is the value? And don't do power to the people for me. No politics. Yeah. What is the value that? What, what's in it for the contributors? What's in it for the contributors? That's interesting. So let's just create a human being right now. So let's cre- create somebody called Obi. Right. Okay. So Obi is a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a boy um, and Obi just is either trying to drop out or maybe somewhere in, in, in Unilag for example yeah. right and Obi wants to be a software engineer but for some weird reason no company is hiring an intern or no company is trying to hire anybody to learn how to code but they should hire Obi yeah they should hire Obi but now the interesting thing about how Obi can hack his growth and how I did it is basically is in the open source culture nobody's hiring you because nobody's hiring you Nobody can detect the amount of things you can do. Okay. But that, that is also very interesting because you technically don't get paid for it. So you, you might, I have a very popular, uh, uh, this really funny quote said, you can't get fired if you don't get paid. <laughs> or if you don't have a job, right? Yeah. So because of that structure, right, you can basically like build a lot of portfolio. Like as an engineer, right, when they want to hire you as, a, as an engineer, they have to look at how you code. And you can gain experience by contributing to open source. Okay. Now, when you're contributing to open source, it basically gives you a lot of exposure because you're working on a real-life software, yeah. right? And an example of that, like I said, I was once a contributor. I still think that I'm a contributor, right? When I was in GSS2 or GSS1. Wow, you yeah, were contributing to GSS2. It's been that long. So when I was in GSS1, between GSS1 Why and didn't you use that as your fun fact? Because that is, that is really <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah, so when I was in GSS1, right, I, w- I was given this computer. Uh, it was running 100% um, um, Linux OS. I wanted to run pre-evolution soccer like football my mouth is yeah. open <laughs> yeah i did not know about linux I until to, i was I like to do that. 300 level <laughs> I, I wanted to do that it wasn't working so because i'm like as a child I always call me destruction kid right so I like yeah. i went to the internet i was just making research and i discovered that oh that the operating system that i was running was open source in quote i didn't know what, what it was so i started making research and then i started contributing to the project and guess what they called me like, yo, like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then the next thing, I was in a kid in, uh, I think I was in a community school in between my Jesus 1 to Jesus 3. So I was a kid in community school between Jesus 1 to 3, and I was working with people at Harvard and MIT, right? And then that technically shaped my career. So that's the thing, right? So it's like, it's like I built connections 
through that contributions and of course the connections over the years matured into something crazy right so it's like you kind of like it's a, it's, a, it's an ecosystem that enable you to do whatever you want to do right you go in and you figure out what is your career growth how can you accelerate with open source and that just like gives you a lot of opportunity to play around there yeah, that's really interesting now so i i think i want to ask your advice on something right okay. so i for you i want to think that your age was also like an edge that you had over like the rest of the community it wasn't nope because nope. i feel like it's a very interesting thing when you have like a young person mm-hmm. who is into open source and then you've been able to hone all of that so i wouldn't say the the age i don't say the years of experience yeah, that you have put yeah. into yeah. it has helped you now for people who are just starting out mm-hmm. and Okay, we've gotten to the opinion part of this podcast. So disclaimer, every single opinion that is coming out of this mic is a reflection of Modus by Enyata as a brand. Neither is it a reflection of Enyata as a company. Back to my unpopular opinion, I think that the ecosystem is saturated. Mm-hmm. Now, it's something that a lot of people will argue, but again, my personal opinion, not Enyata's opinion, not Modus' op- opinion... Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wants to go into open source now and then you are fighting, you know, you have to speak somewhere, you have to drop on LinkedIn post, you have mm-hmm. to do all of this. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a hack, first mm-hmm. of all, as somebody and what would you say you as a leader mm-hmm. would be looking for, for in order mm-hmm. to pick someone that shows promise? Because a lot of people show promise. Yeah. Like, So what exactly do you think people can do to get an edge I, I actually do agree with 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 your opinion actually when you when you said this the ecosystem is saturated in my own opinion on top of that is like in a way right so because every like since the pandemic everyone is learning how to do code everybody so there's like a lot of like competition of course with the market, disappearing with the market's going crazy <laughs> yeah. right so like there's a lot of things going on so I would say that in this part of the world that we are in Africa in general like we've been told to do a lot of things that is that you can quantify right and that itself comes with the good and bad in in that way so meaning people that are trying to come into tech or like doing open source they're always trying to pay attention to how many years of experience yes i may be i may have a lot of experience because of the age advantage in some way but when i started coding i don't think i had any smartphone back then right it was a really 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 long time ago like more than half of my life basically so but then the time i was contributing to open source there were not a lot of people I'm my age. So I was kind of like working with the average person I was working with in a particular open source project. I was talking about like 30, minimum 30, right? Which is crazy. So because of that, I don't have to be focusing on like, oh, how many contributions am I making? It's rather than how, how much of an impact am I making, right? So in summary of what I'm trying to say is that, you know, quantity doesn't really matter. If you say, oh, you've spoken at 10 conferences or you've contributed 10 whatever it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day it's like how much value is that contribution coming so if you say okay i I gave this talk and a lot of people converted into this 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 then that makes sense that's something you're saturating the market even further I mean, everything's going to be saturated at the end of the day, right? Yeah. The thing is, the thing is, at the end of the day, right? There just have to be a balance, right? Yeah. They have to be a balance. So it's like, like me, I don't actively contribute anymore, but rather I focus on things that makes a lot of impact. So I've switched more into maintaining stuff rather than contributing. So yeah, your OG face now. Not really. Your two baba face. face. No, <laughs> I just, I just did. I just did. You understand? So like, so that's basically like you know where the whole thing is right now, which is like focus on 
quality rather than quantity right and and github has a really interesting interface that would want to make you to focus on the green dots and the whole but at the end of the day it's like when people are checking your contributions they're looking at oh how much impact are you making and then that is something that you like for example like the jobs that i've gotten over the years and including people that i know in that same ecosystem we even get barely get interviewed because it's like oh this is the article that i wrote that reflects the kind of job i'm about to do in fact my ex job when i was in my interview with my manager like she was like oh like why should we hire you i was like okay cool one minute i plugged in a, a, a very old article i wrote and i sent it to her she was like you know what you hired what? right so it's like that's the way it works it's like because at the end of the and, and i don't write a lot but that particular article was just so tailored to what i was doing at that particular yeah. point so it, it just it's just but more value system thank you for that i want to believe that that's something that mm-hmm. oscar is about so yes. um in the next one or two minutes can you just introduce us to oscar oscar is um open source community africa uh so just like the word said like you know open source community and then africa as where we're focusing so the goal here is to advocate for open source meaning we're educating people about what open source is but not just advocating but also connecting people to opportunities and like projects and also working with this is mostly what i do most these days work with companies to kind of identify the ecosystem so for example the last four years i've been working with github to kind of understand what it is to do open source stuff in the continent and they've hired over the years they've done a lot of things right so um um so oscar basically like i said right where the goal here is to advocate promote and also to to make people to, to do things around open source but also like give opportunities and create opportunities and then the oscar fest is kind of like centered around that which is basically like a the one uh, an event that happens once every year the last one was in march we're going to do another yeah, one we're still figuring out the dates but yeah uh, it's usually like a three days conference that um, people come from different background design community managers product managers whatever that you're in tech you come in and you hear a lot of use cases and then you apply use cases and then we give companies the opportunity to come in and talk to people and even probably hire so it's kind of like connecting yeah, the dots that makes sense. so where the people like for people who are looking to join oscar mm-hmm. where do they go as a founder i'm very very disappointed with what I'm about to say that because <laughs> i actually don't have a direct link to that uh but the easiest we, we way, can put it in the yeah, in yeah, the sure. description the direct way to do that right now is obviously go to osc africa.org um that's the, the website you can play around that but if you want to jump immediately like if you want something immediate you can either go to twitter and then you if you go to our bio on our twitter account which is osa africa um there's a discord link that you can click and if you click there are like really amazing people there we have like awesome community managers and we're expanding right and then the opportunity there is for you to come in ask questions do things and if you think there's something that we're lacking we're, we're that open you know you can come in and then create a role and then we can support you so the oscar the open source community is also open source yes like we, <laughs> like some people like right now i'm talking to somebody which we're going to onboard really soon like she came to me beginning of the year after the the, the like she's done a lot of things around open source and she's like oh that she noticed that we're lacking this this this, this. i'm like you know what come and take it and manage it so that's the way we do things so moving on now i want us to talk about the experience because i know there has to be do we be talking about it we're talking about the joys of open source but i'm pretty sure that when you give people the opportunity to contribute as outsiders people will manipulate it happens in like brand 
in the campaigns a lot like a lot of stories where you're like okay you guys get to choose the winner of this and then people are nominating rather hitler <laughs> you know for the awards it's very interesting so i know people can be very naughty and i also know that people can be very sinister with their intentions i want to talk about it because when i was reading about open source and coming to the knowledge of open source and what it is like for companies i realized that the question of bots came up and i want to use twitter as a case study mm-hmm. because twitter is the one that i am familiar with and helps me understand what was going on uh you know in between all the buying and the selling and i don't want it anymore of the entire situation the bots were like a major concern and when i sort of went further into it i saw that you know there are a lot of bots on twitter and there there are the good bots the you know you mention a bot and then it helps you do some kind of thing i use one for the block down for the <laughs> the record because you know sometimes you want to see twitter you're blocked and then you use it and then it gives you the information and but then there are the ones that are always like ruining the experience by spamming i know there's been a lot of ethical conversations about it um, in terms of like political misuse and of data and all of that i want you to sort of touch on that in terms of like yeah you've talked about the good but i want you to focus on the bad and ugly aspect of community open source and also how it affects the users of and if you have any like anecdotes any stories about it Mm -hmm. i'd love to hear them yeah um i mean there's always going to be a bad side of every good story uh i mean every good story that doesn't have a bad side doesn't need to be trusted (laughs) (laughs) uh yes so um in terms of contributing to open source especially if you know people are contributing and then you have to like consume that code or in this case consume that co- and contributors a lot of people well not a lot of people some people out there um most of the time just take people's work so for example there are a lot of competitions out there that either programs that enable people to contribute to for the first time and either for prizes or like money or whatever so they are they are popular programs like google some of code you know this is google ways of you know getting people to come to contribute to open source i think they pay i think the, the purchasing power of nigeria is like three thousand dollars to contribute to open source oh. then there's outreachy that um make you to contribute to open source and i think they pay you about seven thousand dollars which is cool is it is it per month or per open source contribution no, it's like, <laughs> I think in the space of three months no, they pay you it's uh, like, like, inter- like sort of an internship thingy so okay. to, to give you opportunity to do so because of those kind of opportunities and of course to get jobs and like you know empl- employers now like, so people now like sometimes go to their profile and like for like there was a time that i think so this was a very weird interesting conversation so there was a time that um i was in this advisory board um, um, approving funds for travel to a conference in Belgium there was somebody I'm not going to mention the name there was just somebody somewhere somewhere (laughs) (laughs) there was somebody somewhere somewhere that sent an application stating that he was me in some way stating he was you you. like it's a subset of me like like an, an entire part of me in terms of 
some so you built a profile like kind of an identity theft so do we know the person so i can't confirm or deny but yeah <laughs> okay person is quite familiar i don't know <laughs> so, anyway. so i also want to no i'm i'm, I'm trying to investigate this so see i'm, I'm very good so the person is probably a dev advocate no not really not really no no like the, the person is a, like it's just a normal person to be honest so the, the, but the person is definitely an engineer the, the person might be a designer we'll start there. the person can be like the person can be like a cto so. why did you ever do design ah, yes I, I once did design hmm. yeah okay so now a question mm-hmm. sidebar mm-hmm. question how do you know your code because i know that there are times when people are like oh this person stole my code and i'm like this this is just like a bunch of like keywords and numbers and rows and yeah colors how do you know your code well there's no straight answer to answer that question because people tech these days most engineers in short 90 percent of engineers borrow code that's what open source code yeah. is you clone you, you take different codes and do a lot of things and then they but, have those like i don't yeah. know is it but, github they yeah but, but you can sign yeah. your code you can sign your commit i work for a company that like enables people to sign code like like you were talking about security measures yeah. right so if somebody's pushing code I can sign that this is my code. Like, there's a code I wrote at the beginning. I mean, you can easily edit it and delete, like, some things. Yeah. But, like, there's a way I can sign my code that is always going to, like, oh, this code is coming from something. And that something. person would not. Yeah, everybody would know that's my code, right? But wouldn't the person be very... So, I feel like anybody that wants to steal your code and take credit for your mm. work. No, they can't still steal the code. But so... you, you that wrote the code would know. There's a pattern. Everybody has... It's just like writing, um, drafting a music or Like, I feel like the closest thing to programming is composing music, right? You would just know, like, you know, every programmer codes differently. That's why they're trying to standardize a way of coding. Like, either like, oh, you know... If it's not anybody can be a developer at that point. Now. There are people that are not developers that just, like, go and steal people's code and, like, use it. But I also them. feel that if the diversity is nice mm-hmm. in the structure, but wouldn't that make it hard for handovers? Yes, that's why companies would put structures that enable people to just like how your typical design system or whatever you do. It's kind of the same thing for prog- for, for code, where you have to do this thing this certain way. This company, oh, okay, don't use space, use tabs. Don't write too much character, reduce it. Like there's a lot of standard stuff. But to go back to what so, I was saying, yeah, the person you <laughs> wanted to out him. Really. No, <laughs> so, but the point is that somebody created a subset of me and then um, applied for that program to go and then funny enough when they the committee saw that stuff they had to like show it to me i'm like i looked at it i'm like i just laughed like how did it. they like how exactly did person create the subset of it, it was, was just like, like i walked at this place from there to there sort of like that so I, I do a lot of things sometimes i even lose track of them so like when the person cre- he created some like he created something that i wouldn't really remember much of it so enough that he passed the team literally passed through the review system to where I was. So when I said, I was like, huh. So I did research. Like, I was even doubting myself. I had to do research. I'm like, oh no, this is actually my stuff, right? So like, but again, a lot of people can do that, right? That's the, that's the, that's the, that's one of the interesting thing about like complete diversity, right? When you're opening it for a lot of people, right? So again, um, there are platforms out there, there are strategies out there that sort of like restricts those things, yeah. right? Because again, um, someone might want to push in a code that can create a backdoor, okay. right? So that's why you like... So like infiltrate the main code. Exactly. Right? Ah. So, 
there are a lot of things that can go there but that's the that's the thing about contributions in general like everything in general right that's have like, you ever had like you know having to fight somebody's code with your own code like i don't i don't want to get all sci-fi <laughs> yeah, like, I, I haven't but I've, I've been in a company where i've seen that happen where yeah. like they were trying to hack into like real time they were trying to hack into something that was really important to, for us and then like we even hired a lot of people to like for about a week we were fighting attackers but i can't mention the company so yeah <laughs> well how do you guys manage like all of it because i feel so like me mm-hmm. i'm i'm very risk avoidant mm-hmm. so like to just again power to the people if you're giving people power a lot of people are very i'm very worried of intentions yeah like what exactly is your goal with this mm-hmm. code that you are sending to me so i wouldn't even want to do that like yeah i just hire my own people i just do resources but how do you try to be like ethical is that where you're like your community comes in do you try to like yeah well community driven development is to be honest, like why it doesn't feel secure in a general form, it should be the most secure because at the end of the day, people are pushing every time, like pushing code every time. So that means that code is updated. The more updated that code is, the more it is better in terms of vulnerability, right? And of course, like, um, you know, so I do this thing called GitHub Star, but um, GitHub is a platform where it's really, really interesting where you go and upload your code. It's kind of like... Um, um, What's the easiest one I want to use? Is now? GitHub open source? No, GitHub is a, a okay. proprietary system that people um, um, um upload profiles and yeah, it's like a portfolio for it's a code hosting platform. You can use it for whatever. It's like the social at this point. I see the social. I thought it was like I know it's a social platform, but I yeah. thought it was like Instagram for code. Yeah, it can be anything. So does that mean wants. you can? This is crazy because again, and I, mm-hmm. I'm almost embarrassed because I I literally have worked in startups for a while, and I, I'm working in a place where there's code everywhere. Well, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. So but you it, have yeah. a software yeah. that you I don't know what the name of the so JavaScript software or mm-hmm. whatever that you put in your code. Mm-hmm. If you're going to again, you know, send it for deployment, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I use the word. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to send it for deployment, mm-hmm. do you have to use GitHub? So GitHub is one of the um, options out there, but it's the most popular one right now on GitHub. As of the universe, um, a month ago, this uh, there's a number around between 90 to 100 million developers using GitHub. Wow, it's kind of the most popular code host platform. So, because of the fact that a lot of people are hosting code, GitHub as a company have been able to, like, you know, um, figure out like what are the ways people are coding. So, there's even something called Copilot, like where you can just write comment and it will code for you. In fact, um, on the universe, when I went, I saw them doing like Siri for code. You can be talking to your assistant, and your assistant is coding on your laptop using Damn, Copilot. Hey, right? receptionist. From security standpoint, like my company and GitHub use something called um, Project Six Store, which sort of like enabled developers to like sign their code. So it says, Oh, this code is verifiable, it's coming from a verified source rather than from like a bot. Why does that sound like a blockchain? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. but, but, but the point here is that the platform, because the platform is where everybody, like even I'm sure your company probably uses it, right? So the minute someone like highlights and copies it mm-hmm. no no it's like it's more like so if the point is that the platform has a lot of tools 
for enterprise and also okay. for individuals. As a company, there's a lot of things you can use on GitHub that will protect your code. So, for example, if you're using a code, let's say if you're using a framework that has a lot of dependencies. So, dependencies are basically those smaller pieces of code that require... Okay, the easiest way I was explaining this. I've seen these things before. So, so, it's like, imagine this bottle. The dependency for you to make this water, like, code is fridge. And independency of the fridge is light. So there's a lot of things that make this. Okay, those are like independent factors uh-huh, that yeah. okay. So now GitHub has an opportunity to scan that code, look at the dependencies Trace it and down. see which dependency is old or which one needs to be deleted. And then okay. of course your engineers get that alerted and then you go go and fix those dependencies, right? So there are a lot of things that GitHub can do beyond just code hosting. Okay, so back to the ethics, right? Like do you think that i don't think personally again i don't think you could ever get to the point where you would be able to eradicate the ugly part of mm-hmm. open source but mm-hmm. what exactly do you think is the best method to ensure that open source is a trusted platform for community startups to consider with minimal risk of you know someone is trying to hack it or someone is trying to exploit my platform mm-hmm. for some sinister campaign or whatever so I, I want to say it's almost secure by default um, um, because like I said right um, it's it's something that don't get st- so the difference between a proprietary software and an open source software is that open source software get updated more frequently a lot of people are contributing so somebody can easily spot and say oh there's something going on here mm-hmm. and then because it's community driven people can fix it but why is Twitter's on like that so Twitter is a proprietary platform so like I can't contribute this is not open source the Twitter bot you can create a bot but I can't I can't see six Twitter security risks because Twitter is a proprietary platform no again I'm not <laughs> That learning, yeah. like, <laughs> so like whatever is going on Twitter HQ right now, I can't see it, yeah, right? because I don't work there, right? Yes, but but you can create your bots, but it's up to Twitter engineers. And is that like an open source thing? Yeah, my friend used to run their open source program office, but it's no longer there. I don't know if they still have a program office, but they used to have. Oh, all right, again. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories for us? Stories? Yeah. yeah. But good stories? Good stories don't used to sell <laughs> like that. <laughs> but I, I, I'm trying to figure out. I'm always in very... oh, 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 I like to say, so I like to ask the question because, you know, everybody likes to form my work is fulfilling. I get to contribute. I get yeah. to build things. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. It's good. Well, <laughs> well, can you tell me the one part of your work that has been like the most messed up and you're like, you know what, I am up to here yeah. with open source? Well, not open source, but the umbrella that I work on. So I do DevRel. So yeah. one of the things that I'm not a huge fan of, um, I mean, I'm a fan of, but we can't take away from it is the fact that, so personally, I'm an introverted person. Okay. Right? But when I'm doing tech, I feel like an introverted person. So I kind of have like so to identity, right? And to kind of like build that extroverted part of me, I have to be traveling a lot, right? So I, I I'm always never in one place. I'm not a huge fan of that. Some people like that. Some people like traveling, but me, like, like in the last three months, for example, I barely stayed in one city for one week, which is oh. not a good thing, right? So like, both in and out of the country. So some people might see that as good, but then I think that has also impacted me to like kind of like sit down and reflect on like my inner circle like people that are like i'm closer to to even be more intention, intentional intentional <laughs> right? so, like, you know but again like i said uh, the work-life balance in devra and open source is really really crazy because you're always excited like 
if I close from work right now and I close my laptop, going on Twitter feels like work because it's yeah. part of it could be part of something I'm working on. So there's always never like an off switch except you're extremely intentional about it. Well, that's nice. Well, again, I feel for you on the social part of it, but yeah. again, must be no, nice to be tra- yeah. traveling. I, I, I the you, and I'm, I'm good. Like I go to, I'm not the typical software people anymore. I go to clubs. I do what people do. <laughs> I don't get that. So, they shy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for for the final part, um, we don't have any QA because we don't have open. Well, our Slack community people might be in open source, but we don't. Um, focus on open source we just want to help build their skill and if you want to do open source again you can go to oscar um, the discord community Um, but i do want you to leave something for the people who are interested in open source i'm not it might not be an advice you could just it could be an advice you know something to avoid you know something to consider it could be maybe a trend that you think okay is going to help facilitate your growth just anything i'm not the best aspire to maguire person um, <laughs> but um i would say that um so the, in terms of personal health i would say burnout is a real thing um you know when you're if you're working in general i mean i think but it's more prominent in the space that we play in because there's always never an off button so i would say pay attention to your health that's first second one is stay away from the, the the crowd the noise and everything especially like i won't say stay away from twitter just use twitter for good um but just be mindful of what you do that it can it can make and it can also break you so use that as an opportunity to like hack your way into like you know growth and all that so that's i think that's the best also inspiration stop <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and you're you can hack your way into anything you want to do and also have good intentions people like good intentions <laughs> we want need more good people yeah. yeah all right thank you very much this has been very enlightening i actually loved this because i was scared at first because i was like i've never done open source i don't know what open source is but i feel a lot more enlightened now thank you for that and so we have it our open source modules guests Samson Gadi, who is the co-founder for Open Source Community Africa and also the co-lead convener <laughs> for the Oscar Fest. More information about him. Where would you like people to reach out to you? Maybe Twitter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, we will attach more information about him and also about Oscar and Oscar Fest in the description. Thank you very much, Samson. Um, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, see you guys next two weeks.